Welcome. In this shir on Parshas Mishpatim, I would like to concentrate on just two comments from Rashi, in particular, one very long, complex comment. I don't have any great novel thoughts to offer about it, but I hope that I can help people understand it better. Parshas Mishpatim, of course, talks in part about what to do, how much one must pay if one's shore, if one's ox or other animal damages someone else or damages someone else's property. And so we find in Perek HaFalef, Pasuk Lamed Hay, the following. gof shor ish es shor When a shor ish, when the ox of a person will be no gaif, we'll translate for the moment when it will strike, when it will hit, shor re'ehu, when it will hit in some way the ox that belongs to the person's fellow, meaning when my ox will do something in some way hit, in some sort of a violent way will hit your ox, vomes, and the, the victim ox dies. So now the Pasik tells us what to do, how to make restitution for this. Umachru esashor hachai, they will sell the living ox, we'll call that the shor hamazik, the ox that caused the damage, they will sell it, v'chatsu es kaspo, and they will split its money. They will split the money that is raised from that sale. V'gam es ames yechetsun, and also the dead ox, which also has some value, it can be sold, for example, to non-Jews as for meat, it can be uh, sold to the glue factory to make glue out of the bones and so on. It can be sold to the tanner to make leather. So even the, the corpse has some value. So the mace also, the dead shore, yechetsun, they will split. We will talk about this at length in Rashi. Pasek Lamed Vov. O no da kishor nagachum itamol shulshom. Now, Rashi tells us that the word O, which normally is translated as or, here it means im. We're not going to discuss that. We're going to accept that on Rashi's say-so. So it means if it was known, if it had been known that this ox that caused the damage was a shor nagoch, it was a goring type of ox, mitmol shilshoim, from yesterday and the day before, meaning if it already had established a reputation as being a violent top type of ox, and its owners did not guard it, they did not take the proper precautions to prevent it from doing damage. So then, then the owner of the shor hamazik, of the damaging ox, must pay, he must pay an ox for an ox, meaning he must pay the full value of the ox that was damaged, and the dead body will be to him. Here also we're just going to accept on trust what Rashi says here, means that the nevelo, the body of the, the dead shore, will belong to its owner. So that the, 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 the owner of the shore hamazik only has to pay the full damages, the full cost of the damage to the victim, but only after subtracting the present value 
of the dead body. We seem to be saying here, the Pasuk seems to be saying, uh, what's the difference between Pasuk Lamed Hay and Pasuk Lamed Vav? I mean, we'll see it more clearly in Rashi, but the but the but everyone agrees that the shot here is that Pasuk Lamed Hay is talking about what's called a shore tum. It's talking about an ox that has not is not known to be particularly violent. He's a calm, innocent kind of ox. It so happened that for whatever reason he he lost his temper and he knocked over another another ox and killed him. But there was no response. The 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 owner had no responsibility to to watch him especially carefully because he was not known to be a uh, a violent fellow. So therefore, in Pasuk Lamed Hay, the owner of the ox pays for half of the damage. That's what it means. That's how it comes out. That's what it means, sell the ox that is alive and split the money. So it comes out, as we will see from Rashi. But what that means is that the owner of the Shoramazik pays what's called chatzinezek. He pays for half of the damages. Pasek Lamed Vav is talking where it was a shor nagoch mitmol shil shayim. It was an ox that was known to be a gorer from yesterday and the day before, meaning had it already established a reputation as a particularly violent ox, and therefore the owner must pay full damages. As it says, Shalem Yishalem, Shor, Tachas Ashor, he will pay an ox for an ox. Let's begin to take a look at two Rashi comments, technically three. The Pasuk begins with the words, V'chi gof. And Rashi concentrates first on those words. Rashi says, Yidchof, Yigof, is not 100% clear to Rashi what it means. He, he feels the need to define the word. So he says, Yigof means Yidchof, he will push, Bein Bekarnov, whether he pushes the other ox with his horns, Bein Begufo, or whether this ox pushes the other ox with his body, with his with his trunk, torso of his body, Bain Baraglo, whether he pushes him with a foot, in other words, he kicks him, Bain Shinashacho Bishinov, or whether he bites him with his teeth, Kulan Bichlal Nagifahim. These are all in the category of Nagifa. They all are included in the word in the word Yigof. Shain Nagifa Ella Lishon Make. Because the word Nagifa or Yigof is just an expression of Make of hitting in some way. Okay, so Rashi is telling us that we're not talking about any uh, particular special manner in which this ox caused damage to the other ox. It could be by goring it with its horns, pushing with its body, kicking with its feet, biting with its teeth, any kind of physical damage. Let's continue. Rashi now says shor ish. What is what do the words shor ish mean? So Rashi says shor shell ish. In other words, this is what's called smichus. Shor ish is like uh, the the expression base Yisrael. What does base Yisrael mean? The house of Yisrael. So shor ish means the ox of a person. Many mefoshim say that Rashi wanted you to understand. That the Pasik does not mean Vichiyi Goif Shor Ish when an ox will gore a person. 
That's not what we're talking about over here. There are other psukim that talk about what to do if an ox gores a person and perhaps kills that person. That's a different halacha. Rashi wants you to understand that here, chiyigof shor ish means when the shor ish means the ox of a person. So you read the pasuk, the chiyigof shor ish, when the ox of a person will push, as shor reyehu, an ox that belongs to another person. Let's continue, and here we come to our major focus, a long Rashi, umachru es ashor v'goymer. The Pasuk says you will sell the live ox, the, the, the damager and the damagee will sell the live ox, and then they will split the money, and the value of the dead ox they will also split. Now that's a very interesting way of talking about payments. I mean, so how much is that? Is that, does that cover, by selling the shorachai, does that cover all of the damages that were done? Does it cover three quarters or a half of the damages that were done? How, how much really is being covered here? Or is it just random? It's just, you have to have good fortune to, that if your ox is killed, it should be killed by a very expensive ox, a very big expensive ox, because then you'll get more money. And if your ox is killed by a, cheaper, less expensive ox, you're not going to get as much. That doesn't sound particularly fair. So let's see how Rashi explains it. Rashi says, The Pasuk is talking about two oxen that are equal in value. Torah is talking about a particular case, which very often would not be the case in reality, but it's talking about this particular case. Bishovim. Shor Shava Masayim, Shehimis Shor Shava Masayim. It's talking about an ox that was worth 200 zoos, or we can say dollars to make us feel more, more comfortable. Shehimis Shor Shava Masayim, that killed another ox that also happened to be worth $200. Bain Shanavela Shava Harbe, and it makes no difference whether the Navela, whether the dead ox, is worth a lot. Bain Shehi Shava Ma'at, or whether it's only worth a little bit. When this person, meaning the mazik, the owner of the shor mazik, when he will take half of the live shor, meaning half the value of the live shor that they that they raise by selling it, so if the mazik will take half of the value of the live ox, and half the value of the dead one, and the other person also, the nizik, will take half of the live ox, and half of the dead ox. So, So it comes out that each one is mafsid, each one is losing half of the damage that the death caused. Ruven's ox was worth $200. It killed an ox that was worth $200. Now, half of $200 is $100. If we're now going to tell Ruvain and Shimon, the Nizek, we're going to tell them sell the live ox, sell the, the damaging ox, and split the money, and sell the Nevela, let's say the Nevela was worth $20, and split that money. So Ruvain is going to go home with $110, which is half of what he really, of the damage that his ox really call, caused. So he's losing half of the damage. I mean, he's the mazik. makes sense that he should lose. 
But the same thing goes for Shimon. Shimon is going to walk away from this little incident also with $110, which is only half of the loss that he suffered. He really suffered the loss of a $200 ox and even the, even the novella, even the dead body, which is worth $20, he's only getting $10 of it. So he's losing half of the damage. Lamadnu, Sarashi says, we learn from this, Shatam Mishalem Chatzinezek. We see from this that a short tom, an ox that has not yet gained a reputation as a goring, violent type of ox, we see that such an ox pays Chatzinezek only for half of the damage that is caused. Shemin HaShovin, from the case of the Shavin, from the case of the two oxen that are worth the same, we learn to cases that are not the same. We say that if when both oxen were worth 200, they sell the damaging ox and split the $100, that's showing us that the mazik has to pay chatzinezek. So now we will apply that to any other case. If the, uh, if the Shora Mazik was worth $300 and the Shora Nizik was only worth $100, how much, would the sh- how much would the Mazik have to pay? Half of the damage would be $50. I'm simplifying by leaving out the Nevela. But that's the point, that no matter what the value of the Shora Nizik is, no matter what the value of that dead ox might be, the Mazik always pays half. Now, it's as we'll see in a moment, it's not quite so simple, but that is the basic point that Rashi is making right now. That Hatam Mishalem Chatzinezek, the owner of a short Tam that acts uncharacteristically and damages, has to pay Chatzinezek, he has to pay for half of the damages. Shemin HaShavin, Atol Lameid, and Shavin. From the case in the Torah, which is talking about two oxen that were worth the same, from there we will learn we will derive the halacha regarding oxen that are not worth the same. Ki din hatam l'shalem chatzinezek lofachos yoser. Because the law of the shor hatam is to pay chatzinezek, half of the damages, not less and not more. Now, Rashi told us the halacha that we learned from this pasuk. Now he's going to question himself. He's going to ask, maybe it's not like that. Oh, perhaps, Yochol, I might, I might say, Af perhaps even if the two oxen were not equal in their value when they were alive, Amara Kosuv, perhaps even then the Torah said that they should split the money. Maybe if my ox is worth, uh, the, the, the Shoramazik was worth 400, and uh, the, the Nizek was only worth a hundred. So maybe then also they should sell the live ox, which is worth 400, and split the money. And everybody gets 200. Even though the, the damage that was caused was actually less. So Rashi says, Ima Marta Cain, if you'll say like that, that we just, we don't look at the value of the oxen. Whatever the value of the oxen happens to be, we sell the shoramazik and split the money. If you'll say like that, says Rashi, Pamim shamazik mistaker harbe. Sometimes the mazik is going to be mistaker. He's going to 
gain, he's going to profit a lot. How's that? Kishahanavela shove limkor lenachrim harbe yoiser mibnei shoramazik. Sometimes the nevelo, the dead ox, is worth, has a value to be sold to non-Jews as meat, much more than the shor hamazik. Let's say my, I have a hundred dollar, a shor that's worth a hundred dollars, and it's mazik, your five hundred dollar prize Holstein ox, and even the nevelo of that Holstein ox is worth a lot of money to sell to Goyim. It's worth uh, it's worth uh, $300. So, so um, however, since if you're going to say that the halacha is that they should take the Shor HaMazik, which is only worth $100, and sell it and split the, split the cost, split the, split the reward, so that means that this person who just lost his $400 Holstein cow is only going to be paid $50. That means the mazik mistaker harbe, the mazik gained a lot. But Rashi says, It can't be that the that scripture would say that the mazik should be rewarded. Why should he be rewarded? He's actually going home with profit. His own ox was only worth a hundred. Let's say the the the, the shor hanizik was worth five hundred. So um, if we're going to sell the shor hamazik and the nevela, the mazik's going home with a profit. So that the Rashi says that can't be. Oh, or pa'amim shanizik noitel harbe yoser mibne nezik sholem. Sometimes the 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 nizik, the person who was damaged, will end up taking a lot more than nezik sholem, a lot more than even the total value of his ox. How, how would that be? Shechatsi demei shor hamazik, sometimes half of the value of the shor hamazik, shavin yoiser mikol demei shor hanizik. Sometimes that's worth more than the entire value of the shor hanizik. If I have a $1,000 ox and it gores and kills your $200 ox, and if the law is that even in such a case we sell the Shor HaMazik for $1,000 and I get $500 and you get $500, well, that's a great deal for you because you lost a $100 ox, your $100 ox was killed, but you received as payment $500. Rashi says, "V'ima Marta Cain," and if you'll say like that, "Hare Tam Chomor Mimuid," it would come out that a short tam, the 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 payment of a short tam is more severe, is a greater payment than that of a short muid. A short muid, when when a, when a person has a short muid, an ox that has been warned and that has developed a reputation as being a damager, so then the owner of the short hamazik has to pay full damages. We, we determined the value of the ox that was killed, and the owner of the killer has to pay for the whole amount. Rashi just gave a situation where a short tom would be paying even more than the value of the ox that was damaged. So Rashi says, that can't be, that doesn't make any sense. So therefore, al-korchacha, says Rashi, 
against your will, you must say, Lo diber hakasuv elabishavin. It must be scripture was only talking about shavin, about two animals that were worth the same amount. Vilimedcha shatam mishalem chatzinezek. And the Pasik is telling you, telling us that a short tam, the owner of a short tam, has to pay for half of the damage. And from this case of two oxen that are of, of the same value, you can derive, you can learn what to do when the two oxen are not of the same value. What, is, what will we learn? That the person who is going to be paid half of the damage that was done to him, first we assess the nevela, we give him we assess the, the nevela, and the amount that the animal's value has gone down because of its death, alive it was worth 500 dead it's only worth 100 So the $400 damage, the, the, the nizak, the one who was damaged, takes half of that loss, meaning he gets $200, and he, and he goes home. That's all he gets. The obvious question is, why would the Torah speak in this way? Why not just say straight out, if an ox goes another ox, and it's, it was not an ox that was known to have this kind of nature, so pay half. Why does the Torah put it in this odd phrasing of selling the Shoramazek and splitting the money? So Rashi asks, Lama Amar HaKosov Belashen Azet why did the Torah say it in this phrasing, in this language? Why didn't the Torah just say, pay half? Lelamed, answers Rashi, that's to teach us. That the owner of a short tam only pays migufo. He only has to pay from the body of the mazik. Meaning he never has to reach into his bank account and pay more than the actual value of the Shor HaMazik. V'im nagach umes, so it would come out, says Rashi, that if, if my ox gored, some, gored another ox and killed that person, v'omes, <coughs> and then my ox dies, the Shor HaMazik turns around and dies, ein nizik naitel ela hanavela. The nizik would only take the nevela, meaning he, he, the most he could collect would be the total value of, of my dead ox, as a dead ox, as, as non-kosher meat and as for the glue factory. But he can't possibly collect more than that. And if that amount does not reach even half of the actual damage, let's say my shore that, 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 that caused the damage was, is only worth $50 now as, as dead meat, and the damage really was $500. So my $50, the, the $50 of my dead cow, is not even half of the value of the damage that it caused. Yafsid, the nizik simply loses. The most he can collect is the value of the Shor Hamazik, however it may be, live or dead. Osh, or, or, oh, Shor Shavimona, what if you had an ox that was worth $100? that gored an ox that was worth 500 zuz, 
Enonotel Ela Esashor. So the, the Nizik would just be able to take my ox. Now my ox is only worth $100. He's really owed $250. But this is the law of the short time, that he only pays me gufo. You can only take the payment from the body of the Shoramazik. In this case, the Shoramazik is not worth very much. So, Eno Notel Ela Esashor, the Nizak at most can just take the ox itself. Sholoy Nishayev Hatam, Lechayev is Baalov, Lechalem Min The Tam is not obligated to cause an obligation to its owner to pay Min Hoaliyah. Min means to pay from the bank account, to pay from unrelated funds. No, when a short time is mazik, that, that is obligating the owner to use the shore, the shore mazik, as the source for payment, and he never has to go beyond that, never has to dip into his savings account. That's why the Torah put it in this phrasing of um, they will sell the living ox that caused the damage, and they will split the money. As I said, I will not attempt to say any great novel thoughts about these Rashi comments. I would like to raise two questions. Question number one is on the first Rashi, where Rashi uh, spends a considerable, considerable amount of ink to explain to us the meaning of the word yigof. Rashi said yigof means he will push with his horns or with his body or with his feet or he will bite with his teeth. That's all considered to be in the category of nogef or yigof. She'en negifa elolishain maka. Because the word negifa just means to hit or to strike. So v'chi yigof shor isa shor means when one person's ox will hit another person's ox. What's, what's the question on that? The question is that this is already the third time in Chumash that Rashi has defined the word nogeif. And it's quite unusual that Rashi would define the same word three separate times. Where are the three places? The first one is back in Parshas Vaera, when when Moshe Rabbeinu is warning, or Hashem is uh, dictating to Moshe Rabbeinu what to say to Paro regarding the maka of svardaim, the maka of frogs. It says in Perik Zion, Pasich of Zion, that uh, Moshe is commanded to say to Paro, V'im mo'ena tole shaleach, if you refuse to send out my people, hine anochi no geif es kol gevulcho batsvardaim. Behold, I will be no geif, your entire boundary, meaning your entire country, with svardaim, with frogs. And there Rashi says, No geif is kol gevulcha, make. I'll hit it. I'll strike it. V'chein kol l'shein ma And similarly, says Rashi, any expression of ma no geif, the noun that is formed from the root nun gimel pei is magefa. Any expression of magefa of a of a plague is eno l'shein misa. It doesn't mean death. It doesn't mean I will kill you, or it doesn't necessarily imply that anyone dies at all. Ella 
l'shain make. It is simply an expression of striking in some way. Of course, many times you could hit somebody and the person doesn't die. So the word no gaif just means to hit. Sometimes the person does die, but it's still no gaif. You hit the person. And Rashi here brings several examples that he feels support his point. He says, V'chein, similarly we find a Pasuk in Parshish Mishpatim, V'nagfu isha hara, where two men were quarreling, and then they, they bumped into a pregnant woman and caused some damage there. We'll talk about that Pasuk in Mitzvah Hashem soon. Rashi says, Eino l'shain misa. It does not necessarily mean there that they killed the woman. They were, the two men were fighting, they bumped into this pregnant woman, Okay, what happens next? Did she die? Did her babies die? That's another question. That's uh, another detail. But just the words v'nagfu isha hara doesn't mean that they killed her. V'chein, and another pasuk in Yermia, uviterem yisnagfu raglechem, before your feet will be hit. And also a pasuk in Tehillim, pen tigof ba'evin raglecha, lest your feet be hit by a stone. And another pasuk in Yeshayahu, will even uh a stone that is hit. So here already in Parshas Vaera, Rashi is telling us that no gaif means to hit. Well, that's but it's definitely the same word of no gaif that Rashi discussed here in Parshas Mishpatim regarding the short tam and regarding the short tam, the the pasuk that we are learning, and what does Rashi? He seems to be saying the same point. He says here also, he ends his comment by saying, Ein negifa ela l'shoin maka. Negifa just means hitting. And that's exactly what he already said in Parshas Vo'era. He also said, Kol l'shoin magefa, eno l'shoin misa, ela l'shoin maka. It doesn't mean killing, it means hitting. So Rashi already explained this word in Parshas Vo'era. In addition, he already explained it earlier in Parshas Mishpatim. Let's take a look at Perikhof Aleph, Pasikhof Base. V'chi yinatsu anashim, when men will quarrel, v'nagfu isha hara, and they will be no gaif, a pregnant woman, v'yatsu yiladeha, and her babies will come out. She will miscarry the children that she, the babies that she's carrying. V'lo yiyeh ason, but there will not be a, a, an ason, there will not be a catastrophe, meaning the woman herself will not die. So anosh yanesh, the, the man who hit her will be punished, kasher yoshi salav bal ha'isha, as the husband of the woman will, will demand payment, v'nosan biflilim, and the one who caused her to miscarry will have to pay biflilim through the ruling of the Dayanim, through the ruling of the judges. Well, how does Rashi, what does Rashi say here? V'nogfu isha hara, ein negifa elolishon dechifa v'hakao. Rashi says the word negifa just means pushing and hitting. Doesn't mean that they killed her. The Pasuk says they didn't kill her. Pasuk says she didn't die. But it means they were fighting and they ended up pushing and hitting her in some way. And Rashi quotes a few psukim. These are the same psukim 
some of the same sukkim anyway that we already discussed in Parshas Va'era. So here's a second time where Rashi told us that no gaif means haka'o, hitting. So we have, to, uh, we have to raise the question, why is it that here later in Parshas Mishpatim, in the Pasuk that we are focusing on, Rashi again defines what yigof means, and again he says the same thing, that it means maka, it means hit. It doesn't necessarily mean to kill, it doesn't necessarily mean to hit in any particular way, the horns, the feet, whatever, but it just means to hit. So why is Rashi defining this word three different times? That is quite uncharacteristic. My first answer to this question is, I don't know. I could not find any of the Mephoshim who raised this question. I think it's a very legitimate question, but I did not find anything written about it. So my first answer is, I don't know. My second answer is, maybe, perhaps, we could say as follows. In Parshas Va'era, where it's talking about the Makas Svardaim, so there it is talking about a Magefa, about a plague, we're talking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu causing thousands and millions and millions of millions of Svardaim to come out of the river and to, to cause a terrible discomfort to all the people. We're talking about a plague from Hashem. And, and therefore, it's, Rashi there says that the word Nogeif is not referring to any particular kind of striking. The word strike, the word hit over there, the word no gaif is more metaphorical. It's not a person hitting another person. It's not even God, uh, so to speak, taking his hand, so to speak, and smacking somebody. Nobody's getting smacked at all, really. But it means, in a metaphorical sense, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to hit them with this plague. So there Rashi explained that nogeif is a general word for hitting, even for a sort of metaphorical hitting. When Rashi comes to the Pasuk closer to the beginning of Parshas Mishpatim, uh, the Pasuk of Chiyanotzu Anoshim V'nagfu Isha Hara, so there it's about uh, two men or, or, who were fighting, and accidentally, one of them or both of them bumped in to this woman. And therefore, it could be Rashi wants to tell us that, that nogeif can refer to an actual, an actual hitting, an actual physical act. But it's, it's nonspecific. I mean, they, they weren't intending to hit her, and therefore it probably was really, it's probably not relevant whether they, the, the man hit her with his foot or his head or his shoulder or, or with his whole body all at once. Or, I mean, he wasn't intending to hit her at all. It happened that she fell down because he was jumping around too much in fighting with his friend. So there Rashi tells us that Nogaif can refer to a sort of non-specified, um, unintentional act of hitting somebody. 
However, here, in the later Pasuk, in Parshish Mishpatim, about we are talking about a deliberate act. We're talking about the ox getting angry, so to speak, and, and aiming at someone. And we're talking about an act that if he would have done it several times before with testimony, with witnesses, it would have, it would have qualified him as a shor muad. So we're talking about a deliberate act which could have required Nezek Shalom had it been done several times before. And therefore, you might say, you might have thought that it's only Chayev and the Torah is only talking about a case where it really does it in the most effective way that an ox has of hitting somebody. What's an ox's best way of hitting somebody? With its horns. That's how it can really attack somebody and really cause somebody damage. Of course, it can do it other ways. It's big enough to cause damage just by bumping into somebody. But when when an ox is really uh, angered, it will go after someone with its horns. So here, you might have thought that means specifically that, that one ox will gore another ox. Could be that's why Rashi tells us no. It's Yidchayf ben bekarnov, ben begufo, ben beraglo, ben shinashachay beshinov. It doesn't matter whether he hit the person with his horns, his body, his feet, his teeth. It doesn't matter. All of that is included in the word no gaif, because no gaif just means maka. It just means to hit. Perhaps. A second question is as follows. Rashi goes through a little bit of mathematics to prove that this Pasuk must be talking about where the Shor Amazik had the same value originally as the Shor Hanizik. And therefore, by selling off the Shor Amazik and then taking the money and splitting it, you are getting a, a fair settlement of the, of the case. Because Rashi says that if you don't say this, you're going to run into a problem. Because sometimes the mazik is going to end up gaining a lot by having his shore kill someone else's shore. How would that be? If the value of the damaged shore was much greater than the value of the damaging shore. So in other words, if Ruvain owned a shore that's only worth $100, and that shore damaged and killed Shimon's ox, which is, was worth $500, and if you're going to say that the payment is just sell the Shoramazik and split the money, so we'll sell Ruvain's $100 ox, and uh, he'll get $50, and Shimon will get $50, but then you have the nevela, you have the dead body. The Torah says you also split the dead body of the damaged ox. The value of that dead body might be uh, $300, which means... Reuven's going to get $50 from the sale of his own ox and $150 from the sale of the Nenevela. He's going to go home with $200. His ox, his, the ox that he had originally was only worth $100. That means by allowing, by being careless and allowing his ox to go damage somebody, he, he now goes home with double the value that he had at the beginning. Regarding that, Rashi says, E.F. Shor Shiyemar HaKosov Shiyehei Hamazik Niskar. 
It's not possible that the Pasuk would say that the Mazik should profit from the damage that he allowed his shore to do. That, those are Rashi's words. It not, it's not possible that the Pasuk should say that the Mazik will gain. Okay. On the other hand, Rashi says, sometimes the Nizik is going to go home with more than really he was damaged. How is that? Because if the Shora Mazik was a very expensive Shore, Shora Mazik was worth $500. The Shora Nizik was only worth $100 to start with. Well, if you're going to say that we sell the Shora Mazik and split, and split, the, split the, uh, the proceeds, that means we're going to sell the $500 Shora Mazik. Each party gets $250. Okay, the, the Mazik, the man who owes the Mazik, he lost $250. He started with a $500 ox, he's, now he only has $250 in his pocket. Okay, he was punished. But what about the Nizik? The Nizik started off with a $100 ox, which was killed, Nebuch, unfortunate. He's walking home with $250 in cash. That's much more than the actual damage. Now, regarding that, Rashi says, that can't be. Why not? Because hare tam chamur mimud. Rashi says, because then it would come out that sometimes a shor tam is paying more than a shor muud. If you have a shor muud, an ox that was already proven to be a, a damaging type of ox, it was already shown with evidence to be a violent animal, so then the mazik always pays the full damage of the, of the nezek, of the damage. He f- pays the full amount of the damage. So in our case, that would be $100 because that was the value of the ox that was killed. But we just came up with a case where a tom is going to pay even more. So Rashi says it can't be that a tom is more, pays more than a muad. Now, if you look carefully, you'll notice Rashi is using two different reasons. When he was, say, when he was coming to tell us that you can't allow the mazik to gain from what happened. He says, It's not possible that the Pasuk should say that a person who causes damage or allows his property to cause damage should be rewarded. When Rashi talks about the possibility that the nizik will go home with a lot more money than what he really started with, Rashi doesn't say that the, that the nizik should gain. He doesn't say that. He says, Hare tam chamur He says, if you'll do that, it'll, it'll be a contradiction to what the Torah says, that a, that a muad should pay more than a tam. Regarding the mazik gaining, Rashi just uses um, a svara. It's a svara, it's an intuition that how could it be that the Torah would say that the mazik is rewarded? When it comes to the nizik earning more than what, than what he started with, Rashi doesn't just use an intuitive piece of thought. He says that would contradict something that the Torah says. Why does Rashi change? I think if, if you think about it, it's really very simple. When Rashi considers the possibility that the mazik will go home with more money than he started with, that is simply illogical. That, that simply is, is an outrage to our, to our senses. That's an out, outrage to our intuition to the general principle that the Torah is just. How could it be that a person who causes damage is rewarded?
when we're talking about the possibility of the Nizik going home with more than what he started with, that in and of itself is not outrageous. We find in the Torah sometimes there's such a thing called knas. Sometimes a person is given a payment which is not exactly calibrated to the exact amount of damage. For example, we learn in Parshas Mishpatim that if, um, that if my ox kills another person's Evid Kanani, I pay 30 shekel. Set fee. And Rashi says there it doesn't matter whether the Evid was worth 100 shekel or whether he was worth 5 shekel. It doesn't matter. It could be the Evid was only worth 5 shekel, and yet when my ox kills him, I have to pay 30 shekel to the owner. That's okay. That could be a knas. That could be a penalty. It's true the damage was only five shekel, but that we can understand. There's such a thing as a penalty. The idea that the Torah might give to the nizik more than he actually lost is not, is not keneged svara. That, that doesn't, that's not against logic. That's not against our intuition. Sometimes uh, for certain indiscretions, a person has to pay a lot. And, and, and the victim gets a lot. That's, that's not impossible to imagine. Rashi's only objection to that is, is that it would contradict something that the Torah itself says, that a, that a, that a muad should always be more chomer than a tam.